I mean, most tweets don't age well, let's be real. Welcome back to Voicing Valiant, a podcast by the community for the community. Uh, Chad will no longer be joining us, but this week instead we will have the mastermind, the one who studied it all, the one who, uh, the one who asked Noah, <laughs> pretend Nama. Hey, hi, nice to be here. It's a little weird. Let's let, let's not lie. I'm a behind the camera person, you know. But it's always nice to have the person, I guess, behind the camera, in front of the camera at least once. Well, of course. Uh, yeah. How do we know you're a real not? You're not even a real llama. No, I'm definitely. Even I too. I'm an, <gasps> I'm an imaginary llama, 100%. But yeah, so we're going to have a fun little episode today. I'm excited. Uh, I'm so excited to be here, to be with you, and to kind of get a feel for where the podcast is so far. I, I listen to it every week, and being part of it is is really exciting. I'm glad you're here. Yay! Uh, let's see. Moving on to this weekend, Overwatch League. Since this week was the last week of the fourth stage and the week of stage four playoffs, we kind of get to gnaw over what happened, because I know everybody just wants to hear about the playoffs. Like, come on. But let's see. Any were there any games this week that you feel like really stood out to you to the point that you do want to talk about it? Let's non-valiant related, of course. Let's put this out here. Who at the beginning of our season thought that as of stage four, we would not see Soul Dynasty in any stage playoff? That's not yeah. even something anyone thought would have been possible. We saw Soul that- fall to San Francisco. The shock. And they lost their shot in the playoffs then. Like, it's uh, very interesting because like, I feel like a lot of people... One of the things with Soul Dynasty is that they were a bit overhyped due to the fact that they were Nunatic High. And everybody had very high standards for them because they were two-time Apex winners. Well, I mean... But the thing is, like, at, at, at the same time, like, Nunatic High had to work very hard for that pos- like, position. I also think Overwatch as a game has evolved so much from two years ago when Lunatic High was at their their peak. And I think that watching Seoul not be in playoffs, uh, who else was a favorite? Houston Outlaws not being there. And like the upset of all upsets, seeing Dallas Fuel there. Who expected that after the extremely rough season that they've been through? Yeah, because like... It, it... It's one of those things that you just kind of don't... That's what I like about the league, is that it's over a pretty long period of time with the changes in the meta, you get to see these teams try and sometimes fail to adapt. And it's just so amazing, teams that you expect to be on top. Like like uh, what's it? Houston Outlaws, due to the fact that the majority of the players on that team were on uh, Team USA for the World Cup, people had like really high hopes for them. And they started off really well, but I feel like they had some of the same issues that some of the other teams that started off really well, is they hit those ceiling too quickly and didn't know how to push past those ceiling. Oh, definitely. I think... And they got, they got I guess, maybe complacent for where they were and didn't 
they didn't know how to improve. I think learning how to adapt in a competitive environment that lasts so many months is something that we'll see a lot of change happen in season two, which I'm so excited to see because teams are going to have to adapt more quickly and correctly this time. I feel like sometimes the adaptation was three weeks in and they're like, now we have to win every single game that we play from this point forward to get into playoffs. And that can't be the way it is anymore. We also... Okay, like, look at, look at uh, Boston Uprising, who in stage three had a perfect score up until stage playoffs. Uh, well, I mean, think about this. They did, they did, they, this week? They, they didn't know how to adapt. No, they didn't. And, well, they're learning, but maybe too slowly. Next, next time is the idea. Next season, we're going to see some pretty amazing stuff from all of the teams. I'm really excited, especially since they're planning to add more teams in. Uh, what was it, six that they have? Yeah, I've heard there's going to be another Chinese team, which would be pretty cool. Um, I heard. I heard talk of an Australian team, which, but I'm not sure how like reliable that information is. I've heard a couple major cities in the United States, maybe uh, two in Europe, supposedly. So I think next season in the league, it's going to be like a whole new bar- ballpark because. You're not going to see every every team, every stage. Just, like, we now miss one team each stage, one you skip a team. And next year, it may be more. It's going to be really interesting to see the progression between, like, stage one and stage three. Stage one and stage like four. How they, how they have it right now is that every team plays twice a week. But that only works due to the three-game per day, four-day schedule thing. Well, I also... So with so like with so many more teams that's going to be a lot different commissioner nate uh went out on twitter or in an interview said that they're also going to be changing times for the games because right now it's a very u.s centric time which is great for the teams that are in the u.s and the viewers in the u.s but in reality for anyone else in australia singapore germany uk it's really hard uh, oh, our baguettes. Don't forget our Frenchies. Uh, it's really hard for them to watch the games. Like last, like playoffs was really rough for some of our fans because it was so late. Yeah, I know uh, we had, we in the Discord viewing party, I know you end though sometimes. Uh, one of our regulars, that's like, there's like a group of like 20 to 30 that are there almost every game. Right. And one of them is somebody from the UK. He's there almost all the time to the point that he is uh, when one of the days at Cask uh, with Queen, she is the staff member that moderates them, couldn't make it. He was the one who ended up moderating it. Oh, wow. And uh, he, he's all the way in the UK. He's a mod there now. Uh, him and uh, Taco Boy, they mod the viewing parties when Cass isn't around or to help Cass out when she is there because of like, how big the viewing party is. So, like, they're really cool guys. But yeah, like, Somebody from all the way in the UK, would, he would be like, oh, yeah, I woke up at 4 a.m. today to watch the game. Like, dude, please. I, I mean, get some sleep. you see such dedication from our fans that are international because it's a struggle to wake up at 3 a.m. to watch your favorite team crush, you know, another team. Not naming names. But, you know, yeah, but like it's worth to watch the teams crush, you know. Yeah, this this stage, just this last week was so good. Like 
we move on to the to Sunday games where we had Valiant against Gnadiators, Fior against New York, and then the final was New York against Valiant. Just well, so good. So many good games. This week in Valiant, we got to see <laughs> some new faces. We got to see the Bunny and KSF show, which I'm a huge fan of. I, I mean, Bunny's my spirit animal. Let's be real. I love Bunny. I thought that was a llama. Well, okay. A llama is my... Sp- I'm a pretend llama, which I could be, you know, a bunny. You don't know. I love Bunny. I've watched Bunny when he was in Korea. I love that he got traded to us. I think he's an amazing player. And we got to actually see his versatility this week, which was amazing. I'm so excited. uh, People were, like, still trying to be like, oh, yeah, Bunny's just a trace of one trick. Oh, yeah, I'm like, "Uh, excuse me. Uh, Excuse me. Well, I mean, okay, so there's nothing wrong with being a tracer one trick. (laughs) Let's be... Let's put yeah, this out there. There's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that it's the fact that he has this versatility that people were just kind of disregarding. That is what's like. Well, it's really nice to have these DPS players like Bunny, like KSF, with a hero pool that's, you know, four or five heroes deep. We saw KSF on Junkrat, Brigitte, Farah, and that's not something that people are used to. They've only seen his Genji previously. And He's a versatile player. Bunny, we got to see on Widow, which is pretty amazing. Uh, Bunny in Korea played McCree a bunch, which people don't know about because that's pre-Overwatch League, of course. And I'm just really glad that Valiant had the courage to put out players that don't normally play in the starting lineup to get them experience. Really, honestly. Yeah, like it's, a, it's something they needed. They need to be on that stage. Because there's, there's just something so different from practice, from scrims, to actually being on the stage. And it was, it was so nice to see them. They're like, uh, I remember those just, I love making the joke that Bunny was so inspired by his father soon that he, that he learned to play the Widow at the same level as him and stuff like that. I mean, Bunny comes from the same school as soon. You gotta click heads, and Bunny got you it together. Click heads. Oh, yeah, I, I was so happy. Like I remember when I think, I think the first one we got to see when the walkout happened was Bunny. We're like, oh, Bunny's and Bunny's in. and then you see KS, KFC, ah, oh! and like everybody was just going wild. And of course, the Valiant fans super excited to see the rest of our roster because we're one of the very few teams that still keeps a twelve-man roster. And we're super excited for it. The casters and the shoutcasters are like, oh, Valiant's throwing. They've got to be throwing because obviously they have KSF and Buddy in. They can't play at the same level, right? <laughs> uh, that didn't age well. That didn't age well at all. I'm so proud of our boys. They did so well. And they really. Well, I, I would have loved to see like some of the other players as well, but I understand why they couldn't put them on in. Well, I mean, this is. It's hard for us to not see fate in space because they're the core of how our team functions. Yeah. Fate and space are like one of the best tank nines. Like I know, I know like the, the casters usually don't give Brandon too much credit, but what they do give them credit is all tank nine. Well, I mean, there's no doubt fate and space together. They have a communication level unlike any other team. I think that originally we saw the this kind of communication from like Muma and Coolmat on the Houston Outlaws and they kind of disregarded it for the Valiant because at that point we still had Envy. Space 
came in and it was like an evolution for our team. It's another level we can reach because he is such a talented player. He definitely deserves every play of the match, every play of the day. Uh, what's it? Play of the day? All, all those, like every single one he's gotten, he deserves all of them. Hands down. Like. Absolutely. It was, it was pretty amazing to see space just pop off. That, that, that's all I can say. Space popped off this week. I'm like, I'm wondering though, is uh, if Finzi and Izayaki have gotten the visa issues fixed? Because I know it takes a, it takes a while to get the visas, uh, and they went back to the uh, own countries to finish off the visa process. But I wonder if they've got it finished. Izayaki I, is here in LA. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw they, uh, both of them are here in LA because I saw Finzi at the the playoffs right when uh they showed the like when the rest of the team came out but what i'm wondering is if the visa to work i know is it Izayaki's is done i don't know if Finzi's is done but mm. i know Izayaki will be mm. has the, the go i'm also really excited that moon and moon and the coaching staff their visas are all fixed as well because i, I don't want moon to leave us again i love coach moon a big fan like even even when moon left valiant didn't like do that bad like he was still like texting them and i i love that like he worked so hard to make sure that his absent didn't affect valiant too much i i remember like uh i don't remember if it was in one of the videos or in one of the streams uh they mentioned that moon left homework for the boys and the homework was that they had to do uh like playing ladder together uh, whenever they play that they have to duel with another valiant player and that ended up helping them out tremendously by by like establishing an even better synergy. I just Coach Moon is so talented and patient and not patient at the same time. Like he knows when to be forceful and when to be patient and working. He's, a, he's such a great guy. Like when I got his autograph, he was like kind of shy about it. And I was like, oh, and he was like, I don't really have a signature yet. And I'm like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And don't forget. Coach Moon is too old to dab, so let's not be asking Coach Moon oh. to dab, guys. That was the cutest thing ever. I would I would give so much to see Coach Moon dab. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do not think he would appreciate it. I'm just saying he he's too old to dab. I'm too old to dab. Coach Moon is too old to dab. I, I just love how when that question came up in the like post game interview, I think who was it? Agilities that immediately shot it down with the no. Oh no, it was Custa. Custa was like no. <laughs> it was Custa. It was Custa, and like I, I, it was one of the white boys. <laughs> Custa, soon and Agilities just no, just flat out no. And then it got translated for Mood, and he's like, "I'm too old to dab." Like he just that was that was it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like. Should, should we talk about uh, fuel or just like skip over? Because uh, I don't think anybody wants to acknowledge. We that. need to acknowledge the fuel because they. Uh, yes, yes, they did so good. They did really well, and they are our team's complete opposite. They flex to things that you don't normally see. We have a pretty set strategy. Uh, they play Brigitte a huge percentage of the time, like pretty much always. Yeah. They ha they are needing in Brigitte percentage at the moment, and they have been for a while. And I think it's super important for us to say that the fuel 
played really well. And that our guys knew going into that fight that it was going to be a struggle. In scrims, they had lost to the fuel over and over and over again. So that was a known weakness prior to walking into that match. I don't know if fans knew that, but I think the boys on stage were well aware of the tremendous task ahead of them. And yeah, I feel like a lot of people are like still expecting fuel to be like stage one fuel. And for Valen to just roll over them. But no, they're not like that anymore. They have made so much progress. And this, this meta really favors them. But the thing that they've learned to take advantage of that. They've really taken advantage of what in the meta they know how to use. And just excelling at it. Seagull and Taimu were amazing in those games. They just were. And Mickey on Brigitte is always probably one of the best highlights that you can see at the end of the game. Even if it wasn't us, I can okay. say that they were amazing. I love how much these players have like improved. Uh, I There's not enough positive things you can say about them, really, because the complete about face of what happened last stage to this stage is incredible. I think that so many teams went into fights with them preparing for their other fight that week that they just completely underestimated the fuel. And I don't know how you can do that with players that are previously in Envious. Envious was a great team, unbeaten for like six months or something like that. They went to Apex. Envious is one of the top teams. It's astounding to me that people would go into a game. Didn't they they win season zero of Apex too? Like way back when? I don't know if it was... Was, I don't remember what Apex... I do know that they did win in an Apex. I don't remember which they, one. They did win an Apex one. I am, however... They did very well. Super, super excited to say that we went to playoffs as the tied number one seed uh, with the LA Gladiators. And... Gladiators had just a bit more of a map differentials, so they got to choose who to fight against. And... With every fan rejoicing as they said this, the LA Gladiators picked to have the Battle of LA in playoffs. This was just like so exciting because in that stage playoff, we had a chance at the Battle of LA. But Boston decided to choose the Gladiators to go up against. And Gladiators didn't win, and we didn't win against New York itself. Just so the battle for NA in last stage playoffs just didn't happen. The slight burn, not slight. Let's be real. The the very evident slight. Boston burn that happened. Props to you for going out there and being like, "So where are you now?" Because that's what ended up happening. Where are you now, Boston? Because that was a, that was so good. Like they're like, we wanted to go up against the weakest in the league, but then we realized Boston was like. Just like that's it. The Boston said they wanted to go against Canadians because Canadians were the weakest, and just that was just oh. such a good burn back. Uh, I love the banter between teams. How it has changed. The times have changed. It's it's amazing. I'm so like I was so excited, and not to mention everyone was freaking out for the Battle of LA because the Battle of LA is its own kind of beast. I think every team. Like, our team and the Gladiators, when they go into the Battle of L.A., they're playing at, like, a different level. I think this last time... Battle for L.A. is just... 
like every like team rivalry stuff that happens like battle for na is where it's at if there's any game you want to go to it's always the battle for na it brings out the best of every player on each team it really does because no one wants to lose the battle for la the battle for la hypes up the fans more than any other game because we're the two home teams and you see different levels from every player last time we played in season four or in stage four we played the for the battle of la we saw agilities and soon go to like different levels of amazing like soon and agilities have always been really solid players mechanically but every caster and every analyst will tell you that they just don't ever they don't do ever do anything exciting they're not an all-star quote-unquote and yeah that's i feel like that's one of the reasons why not the casters kind of underestimate the vanyan it's because the vanyan's very consistent they don't have like you said the all-star performances well suddenly they get like 6k bomb like spaces or agilities gets those like six dragon nades and like soon doesn't get like four headshots in a row uh i'm trying to think i don't know custa shoots his blaster Um, (laughs) (laughs) see like none of the players like have those like breakout performances because they're just so consistent and working together as a team and getting those kills together what is wrong with being consistent okay our guys i don't know it's consistent people want to see those but like like, there's an incline to our consistency because it's never like we've been stagnant consistent like we haven't been the same team from stage one inconsistently improving exactly i guess we're consistently improving and just to see that kind of a leap that kind of intensity coming from agilities coming from from soon it was like, Soon was clicking heads. There was no question. Soon was clicking some heads. I don't know where he was in his head to, to get to that, like, that space where he was just like, headshot, 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 headshot. It was amazing. It was a pleasure to watch. Like, if we, if we take it to the battle for NA that was in playoffs, uh, uh, let's, if we go all the way to map four on King's Row, when Soon was on Widow uh against Sherfall, like he had nine final blows against Sherfall, while Sherfall only had two against him it's like he was completely outplaying him as a widow there was like no if you it's the entire stats were on in soon's favor clicking heads left and right i mean it wasn't just it wasn't just soon not saying that soon's widow wasn't amazing like a pleasure to watch we had custa with zero deaths until the very last attack point like when that was just so good when your healer doesn't die you're getting you're getting that pressure to get rolled i'm sorry that's just what happens like that's that's something that i've always talked about it's just the fact that uh Kareem and Custa are very good at staying alive even though like the support are usually your number one target you always take out the healer you like for another time, it was like Zen, who's the like the top priority due to his defensive ult. But if you know that ult isn't ready, you go for the Mercy, so the Mercy can't get the res off. And just uh, looking at the overall stats from stage four, if on the Overwatch League page, you got Custa with 3.33 deaths off stage per, uh, per 10 minute average. I do not know if these are the 
updated with the stage finals because some of these stats look familiar from the last time I checked right. them. Uh, and then Kareev has a uh, 3.94 deaths, uh, average 10 minutes. So you just see the, um, they, they just incredibly cannot die. And we also saw a really, a really wide range of heroes. Like we saw a lot of Pharah. We knew we were going to see a lot of Pharah because the Gladiators and the LA Valiant, we pick Pharah a lot. Like, a good 15% more than the league average, our teams pick it. But... Yeah, okay, but, like, hydration and agility is, like, on the EJing, uh, hydration is number one, and agility is number three in the most time on Pharaoh on that map. Well, yeah. We have, like, our players just need in percentage of on Pharaoh. And that's because agility is good on Pharaoh. Ain't nobody gonna say nothing about his Pharaoh anymore. I also think that Agilities is much improved on Farah as someone who's watched Agilities from back in Immortal Days to now. His Farah game is so much better. It was so good. I, we- I remember back in uh, Stage 1, people would be like, uh, why do they have Agilities on Farah? Why don't they have Silk Thread on Farah? And of course, they, tr- they traded Silk Thread and Agilities has really like, stepped up from there. You can't even say like, why don't they have somebody else on Pharaoh anymore, even if they did have a Pharaoh player? Because Agilities is just that good right now. I mean, I think that the overall progression of Agilities of Sue, of KSF even, of Custa being put into the lineup on a regular basis, I, the changes that we've made and progressed through this stage have shown to be the way to do it. We integrated... Two, do, two new players to the main lineup. We integrated an entirely new meta and didn't lose until, what, the last match of the entire stage? With And, like, that was mostly because we went against a team that's just so different from us. It, it, they, and, like, Fuel's done so amazing, so I'm not even mad that Vanyard lost at the end of the stage. I can't be mad about that. I mean, I'm, I would be mad if I knew that our guys were leaving it, like, not putting 110%. Like, you could see that they were, they were struggling. It's just flat out. They were struggling. And you could see them struggling, and I can appreciate someone who's going to push their team to the limit on every single map, regardless of whether you're in finals the next day or not. Because, like, it, it just, I was so... No... Looking at everything that happened on playoffs, just there were so many games where Custa didn't have a death, so Ednis didn't have a death on offense, space. And looking at his stats against B shoes, like uh, it was Gibraltar space when like two to thirty one kill deaths, while B shoe was like nine to six. Like this, they just did so good. Like it's, when you, it's, even though they lost quite a few like the last lunar colony which is kind of surprising because this stage Valiant's been doing so well on lunar colony they did like an amazing job like with their first push and uh like soon was constantly picking off big goose and but in the end they lost that one they lost the jang tao which is something kind of surprising because Valiant's typically good on control i think that yeah. our guy that the valiant our guys they just had to step it up. 
they lost on Li Zhang, and there was no choice at that point. It was these are our playoff. This is our playoff life. We have to step up, and you saw such a, like a flip, a, like a concentration. They were pushing, but they were they're just done. We're going to win. It was a different mindset. It's like maybe we could win. To we are going to win. Like one one of the things I absolutely loved uh, on was it Dorado, is wait am I looking at the right ones? Yeah, ah I scrolled too far down my notes. Whoopsie. Uh, Dorado, they had this like not the cast called it a long range grab. Well, like space, like threw it inside the like right hand building where the where the health pack is, right. and hit the wall there. And that made it so that like, it really couldn't be eaten. And like, the grab combo was just so good. And they did like the coordination to do that. It's also really nice to watch Space flex to a hero he's not known for being the diva on our team most of the time. And watch him flex to a Zarya player with, from the viewing standpoint, relative ease. Because he had that amazing grab. He also was bubbling uh, Kareev and Custa when they were getting dove on. Because they were pushing to get to them both times. Not that Kareev needed help, because let's just say Kareev popped off. Kareev was not having any flanking widows today. They were not having any DPS on him in close range. Kareev is a close range master of destroying DPS that go after him. Like, I think, was it Gibraltar Kareev, like, had eight of his final notes. I think this was only on their attack round. Yes, on attack, they had like he had eight final blows and three of them was on hydration while no deaths. Like was doing that well. Yeah. Uh they like to say that uh he went a little J Jonak there, but uh Kareev is his own beast, really. Did you say J Jonak? Yeah, you heard me. That's so that's so weird to hear because I'm used to just hearing Jonak. Yeah, I know. I'm weird. Sorry, there's two J's. He's J <laughs> Jonas. Well, we can disagree later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they say but they yeah. said that they funneled that he funneled his uh, inner Jonak, and really, Kareev has been his own Jonak this entire time. Kareev is a scary support, and he's consistent. That's what I'm really happy about like bringing Custa in because Custa became that main healer. So Kareev can focus on being the flex support. Because before, Kareev is very much the main healer with Unko being the flex support. <laughs> they tried nipping it a few times in the past, but that was pretty much the way it was for the majority of stage one and two until Custa came in. And let's be real. Custa uh, likes playing Mercy. He's the self-proclaimed Mercy main. And Kareev and Unko want nothing to do with her and her wing. Let's just say, like, they very clearly like, do K- not K- want Kareev, it. Uh, I think Kareev only likes Mercy for her skins. <laughs> I think it was back in the Nooner, was it Nooner New Year event? Uh, he posted a picture of Mercy's new skin. It was like, I'm a Mercy main now. Right, like, she's great like, skin. But, uh... Like, he, he does very well on her. Not gonna say he's bad at her. But he... Just it feels like he's not more comfortable and has a way better impact while on that flex support. Definitely. And I think that Custa playing Mercy so often or playing Anna when he does flex to Anna allows. He's uh, funny enough, Custa actually has, a, I 
the needing time on Anna. I also think he gets put in the scenario to play Anna a lot more often than we're used to seeing because we get a lot of those switches on Hanamura on second point where we've stopped the steamroll, the snowball effect from first to second, and then it allows him to flex to something like Anna because not a lot of teams stop that snowball. And they do. They end up getting snowballed or they get two ticks off of their first push. And this, the last push is, you know, 33% is on a lot and more difficult to do at that point. So prop. I'm really, really glad that Custis with us now. <laughs> I'm not seeing his Ana plays too. Like even like when he streams, he'll do a lot of Zen. He'll do a lot of Ana. He'll do Mercy and stuff. But it's, it's nice to see how well he is like with all the supports. Definitely. And I think that in the fight for the Battle of LA, like the ultimate destiny was for us to beat them. We had to. It was a crowd favorite. If we had lost at that point, I think that there would have been a lot more questioning internally from our team saying, how did we lose this? What went wrong? This is like we're prepping for the playoffs. If we're prepping to beat the New York from the end of the stage onward we've been prepping to just beat new york for what three weeks now is what their interviews are saying but i think so. we can't have something like losing to the gladiators knowing that new york is the ultimate the final boss would you say of of the of overwatch league at this point they're, they're the big boss well i mean they do have big boss fight right and Pine yeah. was, I don't even know. Pine was kind of scary. There was a point where it, you just saw Pine take out Agilities and then Custa back to back. And you're just like, oh yeah, uh, Pine does that. Yeah, like if we, if we move on, like if we come to um, uh, New, the New York Excel battle, the last one of the day, like Vanden took that uh, three to one. But it was still like an amazing game to watch. At no point uh, in our three to one victory did it look like New York stopped trying. In fact, it looked like we were trying so hard that we were putting like, strategies uh, to test. We were playing comps that we don't normally see. It was just—it's one of those things that even even though if, if you look at like the map individual scores and all that, so you think that New York was just like completely stomped but they really weren't if you like despite the fact that vanian had three full hordes on the new york excel which has never been done before there are like no one's full held new york more than once and vanian did that three times in one game but despite that it didn't look like an easy fight it never looked easy I don't think that uh, anyone can doubt that New York is never an easy fight. Like, no one goes into a New York fight with the assumption that you're going to win easily. No, you can go into the fight like our guy, like Moon said. He went in knowing we can win, which 100% we can win. But it wasn't going to be, you know, a walk in the park for our guys. We had to try. We had to try the strategy. And... It was amazing to watch the Valiant, a previously described as a poor defensive team, full hold, 
three times on the best team in the Overwatch League. Like, the, the, the full hold on Dorado was, like, very, very stressful. And Screaming and yelling like, the uh, entire time, I heard. Oh, yeah, you were, with, you were in the viewing party that day, I too. I was in the viewing party in the voice chat in it was just screaming the whole time. It was like, they used their alt, they used their alt. We still have trance, we still have trance. We can do it, guys, we can do it. Hold on, hold on. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Is Fate alive? How is Fate in space the only people alive? What's going on here? Is Kareev back? How did Kareev kill him? Like, it was insane. No, just, I think one of my favorite things was when Agenities went Hanzo and did the flank around. And he just like he just like pulls off one of like the nasty scatter oos of the regular season. Praise be. You know, let's, let's get a bless RNG and because holy cow, I am so tired of seeing scatter arrow. But that was a little sad. Yeah, he got a little. But he like he gets it. Who is it? He got off. Yeah, he did. He with that scatter arrow, and it's just like that's what really kind of opened it up for them to start pushing. It was... And it, it, it's one of those things, like, Agility was very patient. Yes. He just, he stood on that niche for so long, just waiting for the moment, and then he capitalized. Control. He, he, he had an immense amount so of personal control to not scatter Arrow Jonak in that moment. It's like, he, try, he, he tried to scatter earlier but he missed and he was like okay i'm just gonna pull back a bit hold wait wait i just like the like, i've seen so many times where somebody will like try to chase a kill dive into quickly think that they just like had the fank all to themselves right well and just get demolished let's let's not even go to a different player we could say that agilities has done that in past lives in past stages we've seen that and it just shows the immense amount of player growth that he's gone through with moon as coach and being so comfortable with soon and knowing that fate and space are going to be there for his back and that kareev and and custer are going to be there that he knew he could wait and give that communication to the rest of his team that he's waiting and then, then that he got the pick. It, it's just amazing it was, growth. I'm so proud of them. Like, even like the only map they lost was Hanamura, which is kind of surprising with the way how well they held it. Uh, I believe was it? Did, did New York XL get a tick on second yeah. point? I think they got they one did. tick. They got a think one or two ticks on second point, but that they didn't complete the second point, which is big because. Normally, yeah. it's like if you don't complete Hanamura, you lost. Yeah, and then Valiant had a very good push, and they got two ticks off of it. But after that, they really couldn't stabilize on point, and they re they kept running the same comp, the the Snambunans, the Take Heavy, Moira Nucio, which usually works for like the burst effect, and then to snowball off of. But because it, I, I feel like they didn't change it because they saw that they got the two ticks and thought they can continue going with that composition when they should have switched at that point. I, I'm not sure if it was a switch. Like, I think Coach Moon, I think that at that point they had to commit because pushing to the snowball for second point, which is what they were going for, they needed to snowball to second point. They needed those bigger ults to be there. Yeah, but but like, I think there was like a movement communication problem because there was a point where I saw Custa go right, like he was going into the building and then like into the pagoda to the right of the gate. 
and then Phaeton's space just went straight. So, like, I, there was definitely something a little out of sync. And there was, there was definitely something wrong with that with that attack round after the initial push. I, and uh, a lot of it could have been nerves too, because who full holds New York on? Like, who who holds New York to a point and like a half, a point and a three quarters on Hanamura? That's not. This is something that you see. You see either going all the way through or full hold on first point. And we stopped that snowball. We stopped a New York Excelsior snowball. It was, it was so amazing to watch. Like, even though they lost that round. Definitely. Like, then you, like you move on to Oasis. Oh, Oasis. Like another, another hold. Oasis uh, was like, here is Agilities and all of his Genji glory. It was like, that was what that map was, was for so, me. I was so happy to see him on Genji again. I love his Genji. I'm not saying that Agility is, is a bad Brigitte by any means, because he plays such an aggressive style. I think that Brigitte suits him so well. But it was so nice to see Valiant go back to their roots, being the dive team that they are. The the fate and Agility's coordination, the blade that dashed, he got Jonak arc, dashed through, broke mech, like, Agility's, his Genji was just out of this world on that map. And it was so, it was so nice to see, it was amazing the fact that they got both, like, the two, they, they, they got both maps on that map three, so New York didn't even get a point. Well, it's like, second full hold, there you go. I think that previously, we've We've had this where we fight New York in a finals kind of situation. And I think it was another map that they did last stage in the finals. That it was our mistake that cost us the map. We stepped off the point. We didn't stall correctly. And... Oh, was that the the one with the diva bomb? So they went for cover and they didn't have on somebody point. on point to stop. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, they are, they all walked off at the same time instead of trying to like poke around the corner and come back in. Uh, I don't know. There might have been a communication thing. Well, it's definitely a communication. Yeah, and I think that our guys are working so hard on being. They're all mechanically skilled. No one can say that any of the valiant guys are are not mechanically skilled. But there's a. a a level of communication and synergy that needs to happen to see things like agility hopping on and off point and being the person that's on the point, building dragon blade, making sure that they're not capping it or flipping the point back. And we saw everything. We saw big diva bombs. We saw dragon blades in the three and four K range. We saw fate back on Winston. We saw fate on, Reinhardt, we saw fate pin, we saw fate slam, we saw fate uh primal rage, like we saw it all Net on Oasis. Primal rage. Oasis is so far I uh what was it? Mm, there was one point for the at one point they like flipped it back in their favor and they continued like and they continued to fight on point. That was like a really long time in overtime. And at first we were kind of like worried, but then we noticed that they had nipped the point back in their favor. So all the time that was in overtime, like was our overtime. That, would, that was the, like yeah, and it wasn't percentage that New York was gaining. 
So even if Vanian didn't end up losing that fight, New York had gained almost no percentage because it had been flipped back into our favor at one point in that fight. It's just, it, it, the coordination for that was so good. And like we, we move on to Blizzard World, which is one of statistically Vanian's worst map, I think, at this point. We're uh, like, I, don't... I, I think we've had uh, an interesting relationship with Blizzard World because it it's like really hot or cold for us. We're either... It's, it's kind of like those, you either news or you draw for the most part on Blizzard World. Blizzard it's World is, is not something we like seeing in our map pool generally. It's not a, a good map for us. I don't even... It's it's not a map we like seeing. It's it's rough. Sometimes I'm like, just like... Valiant for hordes. Just like straight up. Well, we saw some really interesting strategies from Valiant too. Like we saw what was that fate on Orissa, which only happens on this map for some reason. We don't see him on Orissa very often anymore. We used to see him a lot uh, more. I think often. it's that he only goes fate uh, Orissa on like that map and the the control maps that have the pit for him to use the ho- the hook hot hook combo you would sometimes see it on hanamura too because of the choke point and i think that this map we've gotten down to like a a weird amount of skill with the halt hook combo for because like previously this this team our team was known for agilities being the hook the hog player we didn't see a lot of roadhog from our off tank like envy switched occasionally he wasn't bad at it by any means envy did some pretty amazing stuff on hog but players that are well known that play that hero it was agilities and space being the diva player and occasionally the zarya player and sometimes the brigida player we see influx onto ho- uh, onto hog and it was uh second first 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 combo but with him and fate they killed sabiobi that's like <laughs> who else would you so want good. other than maybe a healer but I mean, it was it was a pleasure to watch, and the I think the the offense was smooth. You for first point, it was fairly smooth, and then second point, it got a little touchy, and then third point, third point, some craziness started happening because then there were switches going on, and then you see it was a libro on Farah, and we really didn't have anything to deal with that, and those are like they they Valiant has done so well with like establishing a synergy within each other just things happened things happened watching that defense and knowing that this if they win this i think that i think for for me uh, anyway that there was a point where we're watching this and i'm like they can do it we we got this this is not a scary map for us anymore one we we have one tick that's all we need we can do this. Like in the past, Valiant has sometimes not been able to pick up that one tick, but that's because they're in time bank. This is Valiant having the full amount of time on an initial push to take that point. I think that watching Valiant, it was winning fights with one ult throughout the series has was like a a crazy amount of communication has to go on to win an entire fight with one alt 
I have nothing but respect for the Valiant. It's for the staff, for the players, everything. And I, in the end, we didn't even get to a map five. And the casters were saying that I, I, when Blizzard came up, they're like, oh, I think it's no one has beaten New York Excel outside of a map five. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, New York Excel is going to take it to a map five. They're, got, they're going to really take Blizzard. Uh, they're going to put up a fight. Then Valiant Four Hordes. They I, did that. I don't think anyone was expecting it to be over then. I, I don't think New York was expecting it to be over at that point. Like we, there was no uh, no doubt when we went into the attack and we only had to get one tick that New York could very well hold, and then we just draw out. There was a huge possibility because the later earlier in the series it had happened. It's not like an unknown. This is very possible. New York is full of talented players, and we could very well lose that. And I think the coordination between Fate and Space, their combo, and just the persistence of that push is what won us that map. It was incredible. I am just so proud of them. And if because of that, uh i believe let's see where did the date go okay so uh because of how well valiant has done with the entire stage and then all the past stage everything they've ended up the number one position of the pacific division which gives them the number one seed all that stuff which means uh for state not season playoffs you will not see them playing until July 20th. It's all the hard work has met them up to that will be the day they play against whoever else uh, uh, who was who it? Between Gladiators uh, and London, right? Whoever wins that one will go up against Valiant? Yes, that I believe that's correct. So, yeah. It's going to be pretty interesting to watch. And I'm really excited, even though it's like, we, we got a month. We got a month of no Valiant. I think the guys need a break. Like, yeah, we've been playing, like, uh, let's see. It's Fate, Kareev. Who else? Fate and Kareev? Are they the two that have stayed the entire time and not been switched off for any map other than to... I think those are the two that have played like the most overall so. time has been Fate and Kareev. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, wait, wait. yeah, because soon we used to see a lot of soon and agenities getting switched out in the first few stages, not so much this last stage. And uh, space wasn't there for the first two stages, right. so uh, the core that is there, uh, like, I mean, like, if you count Custer's time and Dana's fuel, right, like, I guess. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's not like he wasn't just not playing. We're going to count Custa in yeah. there. So we're talking like Custa, we're talking uh, Fate, we're talking Agilities, we're talking Kareev, we're talking Verbo even. We're talking, these are the players that have been around since even before Overwatch League. We saw Immortals, which was Agility, Agilities, uh, Verbo, Kareev, Fate. Uh, Envy was and up, Envy. He's gone now. Right. But, Envy, my boy. But and we Grim, saw them. But he Grim Grim changed to a coach. And we saw them compete in contenders. Like 
they've been competing for over a year at this point without with with breaks but this has been a long season. I don't think there's any player that's like, we, we're good. We can keep going. This is fine. Yeah, I know a lot of the players are like talking about how they can't wait to go back home during this break. Because the, the if my understanding is right, the teams that did not make it into the like, stage final, pretty much done. Not stage, uh, season final, pretty much done. But they do have to like maybe send representatives for like the these last few games and the game in new york right and of course there's going to be things like uh we have world cup coming up that we know that there's going to be a huge number of overwatch league players in. not to mention the rest of the community in there we have uh contenders there are people that are going to that may want to make a contenders team if they're able to because we don't know exactly what that blizzard contract says but there's so much that these players have been doing, and it's been burning two games a week, three games a week, every week for six months, compared I'm to really, what they're once or twice yeah. a once or twice a month they were doing previously. Yeah, like it's a completely different way of how they did it before. So I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of sad I won't be able to see Valiant for a month, but I'm also very happy because I want, I want all these players to take a break. Yeah. They all need a break. Definitely. Um, while we're on our break, uh, there was an announcement today at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Today, today being June 18th. Right. Sorry. Today, June 18th uh, at 2 p.m. Pacific, there was an announcement for the LA Valiant for the fans, for us. Um, there are viewing parties going to be going on. There's new playoff merch, which is amazing, by the way. There's a new video that you need to see. There is just so much came out today. Uh, as for the viewing parties, there will be four viewing parties officially run by Valiant in the Southern California region. We got one in San Diego, one in Orange County, one in LA, and one in the Inland Empire. Uh, I will be attending the one in the Inland Empire, the Riverside one, along with my brother, who's the editor. We got Fletcher and Dwarf, the uh, Valiant moderator and a few other people from Valcourt will all be meeting up there. I know the San Diego one. I've been who was Sabrina said that she'd be going. Let me check the events page one more time. Uh, no, no, no. Baymax. Baymax said she'd be going to the San Diego one. Uh, she is one of Valiant staff. Uh, doesn't know the, the if you see the memes on Twitter, she's one of the one who makes those memes. Uh, along with that, Ray, uh, she is the one who dresses up as Vala at the uh, event, will be at the San Diego one. I do not know about the LA and Orange County ones, uh, who exactly is going to go there, because I only made plans for the Riverside one. But yeah, if you're in the Southern California area, I definitely recommend you going to these viewing parties. And don't forget to reach out on Valcor. There are... There's a huge community of people both in Southern California that you can meet up with, people in France if you're interested in meeting some of our Baguette fans. We've got fans all over the world, and I, I can't stress it enough. You guys need to join Valcor, be part of our viewing parties, join the community because uh, that's yeah, where we you, are. And if you, can, if you can't make it to the events in Southern California, we have an event channel. 
uh which there was the staff made that so that we could keep up with what events Vanyan's having officially and even people who want to start their own viewing parties in their state their country all this stuff can communicate with the staff members and see what they can do definitely check out valcor i'll be hanging out in valcor i'm in texas so southern california is a bit away from me but i i will be cheering on our our team from valcor in viewing parties in chat you should see overwatch league chat when it's going it's pretty impossible to read it goes so fast and the memes you'll, you'll are see a real. spam of a spam of spam this baby to help brady oh one of the funniest ones i like, got uh, spam this old lady to nurture brady i i love how he's the one that everybody makes a joke about the baby even though space is younger yeah but space has an air of being older i don't know i i mod for agility so i think everyone's younger for me i'm old let's be real but it's it's a new You're experience. Not that old. I- I'm old for esports. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm getting old. Like t- today, I turned twenty, and I'm just like, uh, I'm not a teenager anymore. Oh. I turn thirty <laughs> in next next week. Next Sunday, I'll be thirty. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm old for esports. Definitely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, if if I if I just turned twenty, and there are players on Valiant who are younger than me. <laughs> I guess, uh and so and like I'm there's a large area of you're older than most esports players. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um let's see what else what else happened this week? Uh merch. I think I said merch. Merch is pretty amazing. Yeah, uh they will be having like limited edition playoff merch. Also, uh if you guys are still interested in the Pride patch, that will be on sale until the end of June. Definitely recommend it. I got mine. It's amazing. I have mine and it's amazing and no one knows what it is where I work. So it's even better because I get to explain why I love Valiant so much. And look into our oh, merch. That's yeah, I want to get so much merch. And I'm really excited to see what they put out for the playoff merch. I feel like it's going to be really cool stuff. I want I know to that, see uh... the Wings shirt. Please put on... The shirt soon wears a long sleeve shirt. I need oh, it in my that's life. Not, that's not that's not actually a shirt. That is just sleeves. It's okay. They had, I want sleeves. They had, custom, they had custom made sleeves because like the arena was so cold that the arms would get cold, but having an like long sleeve under was sometimes just too uh uncomfortable. Hot like or something. So they had these custom made sleeves. And, like, as soon as people saw those, they were like, give us the sleeves, Steve. Give us the sleeves. Yes, Steve. <laughs> give us the sleeves, Steve. We need them in our life. You don't understand. I remember when they, uh, just, like, after the playoffs, uh, Valiant put out that at 2 p.m. the next day, which is the day we are recording, June 18th, they would put out an announcement. And everybody was like, what if they're announcing the sleeves? What if the sleeves are finally coming out? Because everybody wants those sleeves. They're amazing. What what can we say? It's a it's a unique think, way of showing your valiant pride. Like when when like one day people really just ran it on Twitter and we're just like adding the Valiant Twitter. Like when are we getting those sleeves? There's just so many people. <laughs> Give us the sleeves. Do it. We did not do it. We did not have uh an inside LA Valiant this week. 
But we did get Verbo Part 2, the Faith Part 2 video with Verbo. And it was heartfelt. It was. Yeah. It was an. Like, if you haven't watched the first one yet, like go out watch both of Verbo's like faith videos. He really puts himself in a vulnerable position and like shows like just who he is as a person. If you're not a Verbo fan now, you will be after you watch the videos there's there's no way you can't be he shows who he really is he's it's a story of a person who didn't know who they were and what they wanted to someone who's achieving their goals that they've always dreamed of it's such a good story for everyone whether you have that faith or not have to check out the videos uh and then the other video that was put out this week was a video for the playoffs announcement. And, you know, Valiant has one of the best, like, video editing team. Like, I don't know how they do it. Every video that Valiant has put out is so good. And this one was just up there. We gotta live the legacy because we're not just a team that's about overwatch we're a team about los angeles and we're part of that community whether it's just esports or it's physical sports and you guys need to go check this video out it's it's amazingly made it'll get you pumped it'll get you hyped and you can't wait till the next valiant game i'm just so like in all of these videos the editing team like really puts you in them, I guess. So yeah, uh, we're gonna do VV talk this week. We're at an hour and fifteen minutes already. I think we're good. I don't think we need to. <laughs> yeah, VV we had talk. we had a very long discussion due to the fact that it was playoffs right. week. Mm, we are going to have a Overwatch League break for the next month, pretty much. We, we there will be other games. The other other teams are going to be playing, but Valiant will not be playing for about a month. And I'm just so proud that they reach this point. I don't think I have anything else to say. I want to shout out uh, the amazing staff on Discord, the amazing staff that work with Valiant on a day to day basis, the coaches, the interpreters. Uh, just the community because we have grown so much and are an amazing we get to be a part of this amazing experience all together and no one thought we would be here and yet here we are standing proudly i'm just so proud of this like i can't wait to see the valiant play even though i always had like hope that valiant would make it to the end I I always had those people saying like no they're not gonna make it and like the scores weren't really adding up either, but seeing them come to this point just just a big props to everybody who works at Valiant who turned things around one like one eighty turn from how they started off. It's been a pleasure yeah. to uh, talk to you this week, Bookworm. I love getting to talk to you about my favorite team. Oh, happy to have you. And we'll be happy to have you anytime you want to come back on. 
uh, I don't know about that, but we'll see what's going on. I'm super excited for the finals, and you know, never know. Maybe a pretend llama will show up again. We'll just have to wait and see. Well, that's it for this episode. <laughs> if you want to know more about uh, Voicing Valiant, you can follow us at Voicing Valiant on Twitter, or you can join the Discord, drop some suggestions, keep up with updates, the usual. If you want to know more about Valiant, you can find them at LA Valiant on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Reddit, Discord, and Snapchat. I hope you've had an entertaining week as these games were amazing. And I hope you enjoyed this episode with our Novni Pretend Nama. See ya! <laughs> we're good! I just want Mickey to shield bash me. I'm putting that out there. Oh, no. 